critically at what we watch. We grab that critical lens and we just take a moment to say, is this a good action? This is a good action sequence, but how long is that runway? Mm -hmm. Or I don't think a person can just snap the neck of another man like that. Or how slow can motion be in a sports movie? That's right, y'all. Last week was chick flicks, and this week it's manly movies. Bad movies. Oh, yeah. Today I'm joined by my broheim, my bra, my brosif, Sean Dunham. Hi, broheim uh, at attention. Broheim reporting for duty. Bro, 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 bro broheim reporting. Uh, Sonia had another commitment today, so now we're talking about. We're talking about dude stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure she would have loved to be here, and we miss her dearly. She's spirit. Yeah, she always is. She's broing down in spirit. That's, yeah. She'd be a a brosif as well. Yeah. Um, Well, (laughs) brosifina. Oh, maybe, yeah. As always, a full spoiler alert is in effect, and if you aren't careful, you may find out that the gladiator is actually... Maximus Decimus Meridius, which I later realized really isn't like a spoiler Oh, really? Like, I think you know the whole time because um, it's the main character. It's I'm, not a reveal. It's not a twist. It's no twist. Well, who is Maximus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I've, never, I've never watched Gladiator. You haven't seen Gladiator yet? No. I'm, oh, my God. Wow. Okay. I had a choice this week, obviously, to watch it, but. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just surprising that it hasn't come up in, at all. But Well, anyway. it has come up, and I have. Um, Played the fifth every time. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Um, I, I would. I have an asterisk on my notes here, Sean. Um, and and today we're going to be talking about manly movies. And I just want to recognize that I think there is a pretty significant and real argument that maybe all movies are manly movies are made for men by men, and that Ooh. they are all for the male gaze. But um, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that having said that, we can. We can move into our our, our beefy talk here. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know. I think more people need to make movies, and those people have to have all the different parts that men have and don't have, and that's the future I want to live in. But that's a, um, that's a great thesis, uh, Sean. What makes a movie manly? Oh gosh, well, content, presumably. Con- some sort of some sort of content. Well, in the ones that I have watched this mm-hmm. week, a lot of it is. Well, you know, and now it's and now it is maybe some, you know, a socialized bias coming through. But mm-hmm. I'm like, is it archaeology? Is it boxing? These are man manly things. Yeah, yeah. It's it, but it it does ha- like or fighting terrorists also true. Well, there's typically there's typically he's a hero, regardless yeah. of what his profession may be. You know, in Super Mario Bros. told us that told us they could be a plumber. Something as simple as a plumber. Oh, simple! You have to go to a school. For, that's it's, a very. It's a hard um, trade to get into. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But um, I think I think a manly movie also has to have a you know like a, a need, a drive, a purpose. Uh, and also, I feel like it needs to prove that this man, because uh, the man starts at the beginning. He's a. Uh, He's not. He's down on his luck. He's washed up. Maybe. Well, something could. He could be okay, and then something brings him down. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like it is like, it is. It's also a fight within the man's self. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely. It definitely could be. There's always an inner turmoil with the man in yes. question. And uh, I think very few of these movies are reflexive enough to actually know about the 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 manliness that they're wrestling with, and they just sort of don't. 
Yeah, like um, <laughs> he will succeed if he gets you know sort of beaten to a pulp, but mm-hmm. lives. That's mm-hmm. sort of a success. In the, but actually, he usually does not get beaten to a pulp. He usually takes a kick in, yeah, and is totally chill, and just has some sort of like like. Well, number one, whatever costume he was wearing is now disheveled and strategically ripped. Yeah, the yeah. the suit coat is now arms off. Yeah, and there's and always then a, an eyeliner of a blood scratch. Like yeah, on like a, or a bloody a brow. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing. You know, it's uh, just it always just seems to be a flesh wound. Well. In a film that I watched this week, there was more than a. <laughs> it was more. Than, it got more than a flesh wound. Um, Sean, can can you have a manly movie that's not tied to violence? I think I think we know one loophole here, but it's still pretty violent. But hmm. there there is this very deep connection between. Well, that's how you. That's how you prove yourself. <laughs> Through, 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 <laughs> through violence. power, through power and violence, baby. Yeah, I think competition does weigh in here, which often, I mean, in football terms, does come up as violent. Yeah, I and think. you noted before this that we have a big sports movie blind spot, this is and true. that might come in tonight. Today, yeah, there's definitely manly movies that play. are sports movies. I was thinking of opening this with like a, a speech from a from a sports movie, like just swapped out some of the words, you know, to make oh. it. Just like for it all out on the you, you know the halftime, yeah. yeah. But I did find this great montage on YouTube of all the different ones like blended together, and it still makes oh. sense because they're kind of really generic. Well, it's kind of a Mad Lib anyway. It's true. It is just insert like where you're going and how hard you're trying <laughs> and how hard you should try. A metric by which uh, winning is winning is one. Yeah. Um, I would like to start this conversation in time oh. because I feel like it's relevant. And I think oh, at the same the beginning time, beginning of time, yeah, we may also have to uh, address a little thing called manscaping at some point because I think that's relevant to this. Huh. But let's let's did you, did you try out any new designs <laughs> <laughs> this week? No, I should have. I should have. <laughs> Why did I do that? Um, Sean, I want to talk about John Wayne, okay, who. A lot of people think is really, really manly. Well, he's good. He's bad. He's ugly. He's not- <laughs> he was not in that movie. Um, <laughs> Damn. You're thinking of Clint Eastwood? That might be, yeah. Okay, that's fair. But um, do you, have you ever seen a John Wayne movie? Have you ever, what's your well, impression of John Wayne? What do you got? Like, what do you... Um, literally, I know from impressions of people dragging a, dragging a swagger. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have seen a John Wayne film, but, you know... Is he uh, high noon? No, that's not. No, high I don't know. Probably, no, he's 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 more of a, a you know classic American Western situation, right? Oh wait, I have to, true, true grit. Is there one where? Ooh, there's one where he goes to a town, and he might be like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of goes into town and just wreaks havoc. I know that's literally every every Western. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know. You you'd throw out a couple. <laughs> Let's see if well, anything no, sticks. Okay. I, I just I feel like this sort of uh, um, what do we call it machismo narrative yes. kind of has you know like you don't hear about Clark Gable and manliness the way you hear about John Wayne from from way back when. No, you're right. Clark is more of a a suaveness. Yes, you know, and a debonairness. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's no this, room for that in the the dusty. <laughs> The dusty, manly types. <laughs> well, and that leads to sort of this next little point here, which is 
around like like are James Bond movies manly movies? He's kind of a dandy in a lot of ways. Yeah, and like I think he's kind of described as like a a beautiful man. Yeah, like a model, like a like a. Yeah, I actually have read. Uh, when I was a kid, I read a bunch of Ian Fleming, mm-hmm. like a bunch of the James Bond novels, and I was like, I got the sense that Ian Fleming was into James Bond in oh, the way really? that he, in the way that maybe it was just a fan fiction that he was writing. That's the vibe <laughs> I got. So maybe if we're going from the text or if we're going from the film, mm-hmm. even either way, actually, he's always in a suit. Yeah, he is. Um, he's quite neat. Yeah, he's he's British. Although his manliness is that he does not deal with any of his inner turmoils. Right. Yeah, no, he just pushes it. He has major PTSD. Yeah, in that way, he's very manly, yeah. Banging and drinking his way through his job. Yeah, all all that matters is the next hour. And usually doing a terrible job (laughs) until he, like, wraps it up just at the end. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess guess if you want a guy at the end, then that's the... um, Anyway, let's let's move a little bit forward in time okay, and okay. leave the enigma of James Bond behind, and we'll talk about uh, well, a movie you watched this week, which yeah. is Rocky. Yes, yes. Let's let's get into that. I would love to get into. A, yeah. So this I watched. <laughs> oh, fully. <laughs> I like. I have. I knew that that was going to happen, but I didn't. I didn't realize to the extent that he does that. <laughs> he just like he's just got a mouthful of marbles the whole movie. He does. Um. So this is from 1976. Um, Sylvester Stallone actually wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. which I was very surprised to yeah, learn. Yeah, no, it's... I was like, okay, get that money, Sylv. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as what I call him. <laughs> um, so the the film starts with him kind of swaggering around in this... He has got a, sort of this outfit. It's mm-hmm. like an all-leather and like a little cap. And he just swaggers around town kind of doing good deeds like picking up drunk people or like um talk like one he just like a girl was hanging with her friends and she was she swore and he like took her home and was like you talk like that people gonna think you're a whore (laughs) and she's like screw you creep and he's like oh yeah i'm a creep yeah (laughs) he also his voice is insane um and uh, and he also has so and then we go to his house. He's got a bunch mm-hmm. of weird little pets. He's got little yeah. turtles and frogs. Like a like a. It really. I was like, I did not expect this character. Um, and then he always goes to the pet store and uh, just talks at Adrian. She doesn't <laughs> say anything. He's just like, Hey, you want to go to a football game? Hey, uh, do you think birds look like fine candy? She <laughs> <laughs> just talks for an hour and then she's like, Anyway, see you later, Adrian. And that's their entire time. That's how you meet girls. In that is how you... Well, uh, also, the way that this movie treats Adrian is crazy. It's insane. It, it's psychotic. And her brother's just like... She's... He's like, she's 30. She's broken. She just lives at home <laughs> and works. And it's like, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what it really is. So screw off, Polly. But anyway, and they have like such an aggressive. Like he, her brother is violent, mm-hmm. and um, and then so he tells Rocky he can take her out. He doesn't tell Adrian he can take her out. He just shows up, and then he's like, like forces her to go on this weird date. Um, and then, and then Rocky kind of traps her in his apartment, and then but it's fine because then they kiss, and then they're actually just dating after that. Mm-hmm. So. 
Good for you, Adrian, I guess. Um, <laughs> when, when did we... Oh, and then out of nowhere, it seemed like to me, mm-hmm. um, who, who challenges him? What's that guy's name? Uh, Apollo Creed. <laughs> Creed. Yes. Yeah, Apollo yeah. Creed challenges him seemingly out of nowhere. Did mm-hmm. you get that? Uh, it's... It, I think that there's some stuff at the start about it's like, them trying to set it up. It's like he was going to fight another guy that was at his level. Yeah. But then he dropped out and he's like, oh, you know what? Let's just get someone local. Yeah. Which doesn't seem – would they do that? I think that's a thing that does happen. I don't watch a lot of fights. No. Really know. But I I think that there is like a – like there's there's some level at which I don't understand in most sports and like Olympic sports where it goes from like a, a whatever to like like the upper level and then you work up to get to like Olympics and stuff. Hmm. And I think that there's a lot of athletes who are sort of trapped in that zone of, oh, you glass, know, you're, you're good enough for, for Philly, but not for whatever state Philly's in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so Rocky's good for Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he uh, gets challenged by Creed. Mm-hmm. And so he just, you know, cue training montage. Yep. This is the part you probably all know. Um, the stairs, the rocky steps, the disgusting beef. Like, is it gross to have some guy pound your beef? Like, in the, you know what I mean? He well, just is punching the these sides of beef with his bare hands. I mean, it would be tenderized, right? Like, it would make the meat a little bit. A little bit better. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I guess yeah. you cook it. Yeah, yeah. So that would be okay. And I think that's... I just like was like, I don't know if I want this random guy all over my meat. Yeah, well, he's going to get way. sweaty. No matter how much he washes his hands, he's gonna, it's going to happen. Oh, and that dirty gray sweatsuit that he's always in yeah. is not going through the wash. No, it's definitely it's, not. <laughs> he hasn't. Um, and, then, uh, and then the fight happens. Mm-hmm. Apollo Creed is dressed, comes out. He is the original black George Washington, um, sorry to Hamilton, mm-hmm. but he did it first. He did. And then he has another costume change into the Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. He does, does a lot of uh, a lot of costume work, costumery. Yeah. And then they proceed to just fight, and it's a brutal fight. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sick. <laughs> Rocky gets an eye, like, all... Juiced up, and then a guy just slits it open yeah. just so he can see. Yeah. Oh, it was really gross. I think it's. I think that he cuts like it's so swollen. He cuts it so it can bleed out, and then it's not as. Bleeding. Yeah. No, I like, know. Because when I was a kid, punctured. I thought he cut. He punctured his eye. I, no, I thought he cut like the lid open so he could see. Like that's what I always thought it was. Ugh. But that's that's crazy. That's that's, that's no. It, even as it was, I was like, this is too much. Um, and they both just like got. Really ravaged. <laughs> Although I have to say, I was really wrapped during the, the fight scene. I could not look away. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was going to happen for me. Oh, yeah? I was like, uh, it's probably going to... You know how some of these like things are like, oh, surprise. Oh, he's almost down. Oh, wait, he comes back. But I was kind of like... I was like, this is really intense. Yeah. No, they did. I think they did a really good job. And I think like there's all this stuff about his his... his Shortened name is typically Sly Stallone. I don't know if you knew that, but not self. No, <laughs> but uh, I like your way. Self style. Self self style. Um, anyway, but uh, there was a bunch of stuff about like, like he knew he wanted to do it, and he wrote it because he knew it would sort of like help his career and get his 
career going and everything. Yeah. So he, uh, I can't remember like how little money he had he got for it, but like he got paid as like a like a script supervisor or something, and that was sort of it. Oh. And because um, they didn't think he could, they didn't think he could do it. But uh, well, it really I hate. Yeah, I hate to out. be on the side of whoever that person was, but I also wouldn't have thought he could do it, but. He really yeah, showed us. Wrong. Yeah. Oh, he did show us. Um, did and you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't. Will I watch the next twelve? I don't know. No, you don't know. Like, Carl Weathers is in the next four. Like, they just keep. Do they just keep doing this? No. Uh, there's another. Uh, I th- man. Okay. Now you're testing me. Rocky knowledge. I think Rocky Two is the rematch. Uh, I think Rocky. Yeah. Listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. I think Rocky Three is with like Mr. T. Okay. Uh, I don't. Is is Rocky Four with the Russian guy? I can't remember. It might be Rocky Five. One of them is really sad. That might be Rocky Five. But one of the, I think the fourth one, Carl Weathers dies. He does. That's uh, the fourth one with the Russian because the Russian. The Russian kills him in the ring. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, no, it's crazy. Beaten to um, death. And and I. It is sort of a thing because, like, I'm not into boxing, but I think that they're pretty good movies. I don't, like, watch them a ton. But it is a really compelling story that is sort of crafted around this guy's life. And uh, do, what do you think of Adrian like, becoming a different character two-thirds of the way through? She really did, hey? I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, we are invested in Adrian. She can't even speak. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's like, Hey, what's going on with you? <laughs> like, like well, I guess that's like, like I, as a shy person, I mm-hmm. get that vibe too. When you're like, uh, once you get to know someone a bit better, but she was fully nonverbal in the yeah. beginning. And then she, like, it's kind of a glow up. That's like, we needed the scene where she just like takes her glasses off and, oh yeah, you know, like, it's like you, you all pretty. <laughs> you're actually pretty. She's like, don't mess with me. I He's could, like, I'm not. I, could, <laughs> I can't. Even I, I could do that. I could. I could do this slide thing all day. It's <laughs> great. Um, Sean, I want to talk to you about a little movie I watched this week, which was yes, made. Please. Uh, which is Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. uh, from '82. Have you ever seen this movie? No. Okay. Um, it's not often that they put the occupation. Of the person in, it's true. in the title, you know? But you, you, need, nice. you need to have it there so people know. I'm just going to show you a picture of Arnold's costume. Um, Do you think it's a costume? It is a costume. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, here it is. I'm showing pic- a, a picture. <laughs> wow. It's, it's skimpzilla. It's actually like an Axl Rose sort of <laughs> headband and hair and then just like a necklace and then just a, a piece of tin foil around the... Around the pelvis area, yeah, and that's kind of where we're at. That's sort of it. Um, I I don't think you can have a conversation about manly movies and not bring up the Terminator. Um, if he looked like that in the Terminator, oh yeah, absolutely. it'd be a lot scarier. Yeah, well, he does, and he walks around in the Terminator with nothing on because you can't transport through time with clothes. Oh, yeah, no. No, you can't. <laughs> Which makes what no if sense, he? But... What if he came back and found like the first clothes he stumbled on were like, like a like a long house dress or something? Like, do you think well, he would, would throw that on? Then it would have been a totally different look for that movie. It would have been, yeah. And maybe that would have been again more scary. <laughs> Just having him like run and in likely gram- bust out in of grandma's it. house dress, but 
yeah. um, like fighting to kill you. Well, I mean, like, I think scary. in the case of Conan, like I'm just looking at this picture again, and like a strong leather is the only thing that's going to contain a 1982 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, oh. I mean. You know, it, yeah. yeah. If, like, if le- I feel like they, that thing is made of spandex. Oh, uh, I don't. I maybe not. I don't know. But in the Terminator, it's all leather. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, rewatching this movie, it's kind of weird. It's got James Earl Jones in it. He plays this villain who's this like cult leader, and uh, Conan's like a a slave who helps operate a mill for the start, and mm, that's how he gets. So yeah, strong yeah. I know this. Uh, I know this. Yeah. Scene. Um, this movie, like, doesn't I, – I I never realized how many questions I had when I watched it because it has a very simple plot. But it also just doesn't explain a ton of, you know – How they get there. But it's just like we got to fight this evil. I'm going to go fight this evil. There's a really weird, awkward, long scene where they just sort of talk for a while. And then I don't know if the – like, there's not, like, action in the way we know it. To this day, it's really slow and sort of a little well, different. Because Arnold, like, the mm. bod be banging, but he can't move that fast. This is true. But, I mean, in terms of... It's like, uh, what, what movie did Sonia and I watch it? <laughs> we watched, uh, oh, who's the, a really large man, Lou Ferrigno, maybe? He was in uh, a similar Conan the Barbarian film that we watched, the RPL, and it is very slow moving. Are because you, are you thinking of the, like the guy, the Jason Momoa guy? No, he, he played Conan in the remake and then went on to play. Oh no, Couch this Road. this one was like an it was for talkies. It was like an old Conan oh okay one. okay. But he there were scenes, just extended scenes where he would run. And it would just be like lumbering like across. <laughs> There's a reason they don't show you that they shouldn't show someone sprinting, a large man sprinting. Uh, well, that's fair. That's very true. But I do think it's weird that in the 80s we have this like version of like a bunch of men going to watch a manly movie, which is essentially a very oiled up. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. sort of like posing for a couple hours. There's a lot of yeah, the homoeroticism level. Yes, are and, there? And uh, I don't know how I don't know how people didn't see it. I just don't know how. It's just like Carol, I like it. He is strong <laughs> and he's cool. It's manly stuff. It's I manly, all right. Um, uh, what else? did you watch? Anything else from the '80s this week, Sean? Mm, yeah, I watched a film from the '80s. What'd you watch? I watched. Die Hard, Brackets, with a Vengeance. They're not a Brackets. Yo, I don't think that's from the 80s, bro. What? 90s, maybe. You're yeah, right. maybe. But anyway, talk about Die Hard. Well, it's pretty close. If it's not, it's in the, it has the same vibes. What year are we saying? No, it's 95. But uh, Oh, that's... What? <laughs> it's really far yeah. in the 90s. The, the first one, I think, was like 88 or something. Mm. And then... Anyway, what did you think of Die Hard? With the, is this your first time watching it? It was the first time I watched this particular one. Mm-hmm. This... The plot of this one is a man blows up a building. And then he threatens to blow up another one mm-hmm. unless the police bring in a suspended police chief by the name of John McLean, whom we know as Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And they... Are so they have to put him in the middle of Harlem with a sign on his back that says like a racial slur, mm-hmm. and then we're off to the races <laughs> because then Samuel L. Jackson saves his life because people are going to beat him up because mm-hmm. why is he doing that? Yep, and then they solve a bunch of um, 
phoned in clues and they're, they're riddles. riddles. Yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> but the riddle they're not even very like they're riddles that you answer on like the radio when you were like ten. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're just like, how do you get uh you know, the chicken will eat the grain and the and pig will <laughs> eat the chicken. How do you get them all across the road? And it was that's those are the vibes of the riddles, but then they have deep consequences. Mm-hmm. Because ever a school will blow up. Yes. Um, anyway, who? Yeah, Samuel Jackson is his sidekick. Uh, they, he does great. They're very fun. Jeremy Irons is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. Um, what's the bad guy's name from the first Die Hard? Uh, it's a very popular name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember his name. Anyway, it's his brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a real family affair, and he's mm. taking he ha- took umbrage with him throwing him off of a building, and so now he has come. Klaus, no, anyway, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Oh, I was trying to remember the actor's name. Anyway, oh, but, Alan Rickman. Yes. That's okay, who, we got the whole okay, all we, the pieces of the puzzle here if we work together. Yeah. So he is his brother, mm-hmm. and he's trying to take take it back. And uh, um, anyway, they obviously dispatch with him eventually. <laughs> what did you think of Dyer with the Vengeance? The, the scale was amped up. Yeah, it was great. And they like because not only are they blowing up buildings and subway trains and things like that, they also uh, the bad guys are tunneling in like construction style, mm-hmm. just like dozering in and taking a bunch of gold bullion from Wall Street while there's the you know while everyone's distracted with whatever's going on, and that's a that's a tall order, mm-hmm. like. Construction jobs are not easy to pull off, and, <laughs> and there they to go. do one in a in a in a moment like that. That's no, that's fair. I think um, I really well. There's sort of a big scene where they reveal everything that's going on, and it, I think the ants go marching is playing, which I think yeah, is like a really yeah, great, yeah, a great movie moment. I do love that as the as the song choice for that because um, they all just like toot like tootalooing under underground. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is this really great, like, it is pretty violent. I will say, <laughs> I will say that. Oh, um, people, entire, entire like, cars and elevators full of people are just murdered. Yeah, left, right, and center. John McClane is taking not a prisoner. As, what, as, um, and then Samuel Jackson is a great addition to the sort of uh, diehard formula. Yeah, because he's also the only one that can figure out the, the riddle. <laughs> yes, this is true. But, um I don't. I don't know what makes it so appealing to have. So, for those who don't know, I don't know how much Die Hard you've seen, Sean. But the mm-hmm. first one is Nakatomi classic, Plaza. Yes, and then the, the second one is Die Hard, but in the airport. Right, like it's the same. So, but this in this one, they're let loose across across all of, the city, all of New York, and uh, it's just sort of this like absolutely insane. The scale romp. keeps building. It does. And then it gets personal. Yeah, the next one fully statewide. Just kidding. <laughs> it keeps it keeps. There's one with Justin Long that's about countries or something. And that was universe, <laughs> universe wide, the universe wide. Justin Long. Yeah, that was that was. There's been like I don't know six diehards. I think gone. Yeah, they don't. They they go down and. But in comparing, you know, the sort of manliness of Arnold to Bruce Willis. It is sort of this weird, like, 
I think it becomes less about physical body and more about attitude. Yeah, he Bruce Willis really brings it with the fast talking, mm-hmm. cocky attitude, and uh, that we love so much. I don't know if you knew you heard you must have heard the story about like people laughing when they found out that Bruce Willis was. I told you this story. You did, yes, yeah, yeah, but. Um, I don't know, it just kind of seems bonkers to me now, what with all the diehards. But I do understand... Like, I know, the idea of him playing just like uh, a standard love interest in something right now, like a rom-com or something. Yeah, but he did it in France. Like, a, like an old lady rom-com? That's true. Like, impossible. But, uh, you know, you got Arnold in like True Lies, where he's a spy, and it's not as much about his like... You do see the muscles. They do come out. I'm not going to say they don't. But um, Or Kindergarten Cobb. That's true. That's also true. Not necessary to have all those muscles. Right. Neither a kindergarten teacher nor a cop. But uh, at that point, like, is, like, are these manly movies becoming less about, you know, look at look at this, look how big this dude is, and more about, like, their attitudes that they carry around children? And men's things? tastes are changing? Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps they'll change again. I don't know. I think we're going to have to find out after we hear a quick word from our... Sponsors. Oh, no, yeah, don't let make us wait. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR. Regina Community Radio. We're tuned into the community, and we'll be right back. You're back listening to Spoiler Alert. We're talking to, we're, I'm sitting with my bro, Han. We're talking about manly movies Oh, today. yeah. Cracking a, uh, cracking a snur. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of the show, folks. I'm going to know. We're going to keep talking about manly movies. I've never heard anyone say that, even ironically, in my life. Well, you, um, you don't drink. You don't drink. <laughs> I, I, I have friends that do. Anyway, it's okay. Um, but uh, before we move on, uh, Sean, do you know what time it is? Um, no, I'm unaware of what time it is. It's game time, Sean. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great reaction. Sonny would be doing the air horns right now, but we're... It's, uh, Ghostly air horn. It's true. Uh, the game, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, is where I spend literally a half a second this week looking for a title related to our topic that Sean and Sonia have not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean, are you ready to play the game? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, Sonia is also ready to play the game game because i asked her what she thought that this title was oh she's playing from abroad yes so she could gain a point here this isn't open season the way it usually is when someone's away dang this week's title is hell comes to frog town that title again hell comes to frog town this is a very good title it's a very good title here's what sonya thinks oh uh hell comes to frog town is uh so I'm, i'm i'm speaking as her right now I think Hell Comes to Frogtown is a gritty thriller set in a world of anthropomorphic animals. Mm. The story follows follows Hector Helson, a.k.a. Hell, mm. a world-weary ex-cop lizard on his mission to rescue his daughter, who's been kidnapped by the frog mafia, leaving an amphibian bloodbath in his wake. The frogs all have bad, vaguely Eastern European accents, and Hell has a really hot ex-wife and a lot of baggage. <laughs> he succeeds in rescuing his daughter, and there are four sequels. That Hell sounds, Comes to Frog Town. I would love to watch that. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, so I believe that um, Hell Comes to Frog Town is about... So there's like an old dive bar that this man works at. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Frog Town. Yeah. Um, and... It's usually like it's an old small town bar. Nothing really big happens until one day he's visited by the devil, Whoa. and he makes a, and the devil says, 
Uh, I can make your place like very popping. You can make the most money possible. Uh, we just have to make a deal with the devil. And this man says, what could go wrong? Let's do it. He makes a deal. His bar is extremely busy, but then the devil is, you know, now he has to uh, <laughs> deal with the promise that he made with the devil, which I don't know what that promise is, but it is going to create chaos. That's, <laughs> That's all I'll say. Come up and we'll be had. Yes. Well, Until he gets out of this devil de- devilish deal, which maybe. <laughs> Maybe he will. Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sonia, for your guys'. You're welcome. Uh, oh, very good. Uh, you made it, Sonia. Okay. Uh, for you guys' various guesses, uh, Sonia's pretty close. Not point close. What? Oh. But she's pretty close. We cannot give it to a person that's not here. No. Well, it's and it's not it's not it's not close enough because she's missing particular elements. But it, it is it is good. Um, I don't know. How I'm going to get through telling you what this is about? It's but okay. I'm, just, I'm going to do my best. Just keep just keep reading um, one word at a time. Well, I can't read. I definitely can't read it on the radio. That's for sure. I got <laughs> I got to just summarize for you. So, Hell Comes to Frogtown is a 1988 American science fiction action film starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. There's some other prominent folks in it. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper plays Sam Hell. That's okay. his name. Um, and it takes place in a Trevor post... Samuel? Or what? just Sam? Uh, it's just his Sam. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where uh, there are frogs that have become humanoid and act and have society. But because there's so few people left, uh, humans that can breed are worth a lot. Ew. So... Um, uh, Sam Sam Hell gets sort of wrapped up in a uh, a situation where um, his his stuff is collected. I assume he's p- quite potent. Yes, it's, okay. it's it's taken it's taken for for the good of the species, and then it's revealed that uh, what are referred to in the synopsis as breeding stock have been captured and taken to Frogtown, where these frogs have, have stolen their women. So uh, oh. he is he is. A, he is affixed with a electric cot piece, which will mm. vibrate and shock his shock his stuff. His right stuff, out. his stuff. If he doesn't comply with what uh, he needs to 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 get his mission done, and he and his lady uh, head off to Frogtown to go and <laughs> rescue these. Um, whilst uh, whilst he's equipped with this cod piece yes yeah in case he because he tries to escape and right. then she pushes the button and he if he gets too far away from her it goes off oh she's the yeah she's in control she, it's, oh, she's she she's some sort of i think it's like a, a priestess I, i'm not sure huh. um there's there's also a sequel <laughs> um, um how went to Frogtown and now it's i back. think it's like return to Frogtown. um <laughs> anyway but uh this movie is I want to say the word good. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. It sounds fun. It's it's nuts. The trailer for it does such a good job. What, because, do, what do the frogs want with sperm? May I ask? It's not. It's with. It's with the women. That's the. Oh. They have the. They have the. They have the. The physical women that would be impregnated with the sperm. Oh. And what they want with them is exactly what you think. Oh. Uh, and uh, dirty, damn dirty frog. It's true. And uh, there's some. There's some awkward scenes where a frogman attempts to. Oh no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, frog. Yes. Uh, so maybe don't go to Frogtown, Sean. It's on you. 
Thanks for playing the game. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy's, Jeremy's weird little crazy game. Yeah, about, that was uh, a... Um, well, do watch the trailer, because the trailer's like, when you think of cinema, you think of beautiful shots, and then it like there's like a record rip, and it's like, but this is no, Frog Town. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a crazy trailer. I like that. It's super good. They, they, they knew what it was. I think that's what's important here. Um, Sean, can I talk to you about the manliest man of all time? Oh, yes, please. Uh... His name is Snake Pliskin, and I'm going to show you a picture of Snake Pliskin. First name Snake, last name Pliskin. Uh, call okay. me, call me Snake. Is he who is the character from uh, The Simpsons based off of? Yes, he looks like him. Yes. <laughs> I think a little bit, um, but uh, he is from John Carpenter's uh, Escape from New York, and then of course Escape from L.A. Um, played by Kurt Russell, and I don't, I don't know why. This is like one sect of manliness, but he's so crazy and like cartoonish, but also just really cool. And he sort of whispers, you know how like Snake from The Simpsons has that voice? Yeah. He kind of does a similar a similar thing. A real man never raises his voice. Uh, it's very cheesy. <laughs> but uh, it, Talk to Batman. That's, well, there you go. But he, well, he's doing it to disguise his voice. This is just how this is just this how is just snake how snakes just how, slithers through the world. Just how he is. But he's so dangerous, Sean. Yeah, you know he's so dangerous as he escapes from the, the prison city of of New York and or L.A. The prison city. Yeah, that's what it's about. Anyway, but um, what I want to ask you, Sean, what is what does machismo mean to you? What is it like? What what is what is what is the mm-hmm. essence that we talk of here? God. The, deep, deep question. The actual definition yeah. that I got off the internet is strong or aggressive masculine pride, which I think is a crazy Mas- thing to pride. think about. Yeah. But um, you're right. Is, that, is, the, that, is, is that, it the pride that we see? Is that what it is? Is it have you being quite proud of being masculine? Maybe. Because we know that there's like a very toxic, unhealthy version of this that we've sort of talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of would like to avoid this episode. But it does... Like Only these movies. pussies words. <laughs> Don't be gross, Sean. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, these movies do like really carry this narrative around about these people who are like ultimately not okay. I think just yeah, t- taking what they want, baby. Yeah, and like you can't. You know you can't boot, you can't you can't do that. No, you <laughs> no, not, you, not you in adulthood. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. Um, Sean, what else? There's no you, hitting in adulthood either. But none of these guys, none true. of these films follow that. Uh, what else did you watch this week? So I tried to watch. Well, no, I did succeed in watching a movie mm-hmm. called The Mummy. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be the Brendan Fraser one. Mm-hmm. That I just was like. Thought it would be a little fun. It was The Rock is in it. So I was like, let me see what's Did going on. Did you want... You want anyway... You went to watch the second one? Well, I, that's the one I thought I was going to watch. Okay. Anyway, the one that I ended up watching was from 2017, starring Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. the reboot kickstart of The Mummy. Um, and it was it was rough. It was also... So the universal opening happens you know the big world universal spins around it but then it spins around again and it says dark universe Mm -hmm. and the world is like black yeah and so this was supposed to kickstart a series of classic monster movie remakes Mm -hmm. um but they only did this one 
and it was so badly received that they didn't do any more. Yeah. So this is the only dark universe. Um, <laughs> it is about um, basically they discover like a sexy old mummy lady, uh, and then uh, and then she just starts killing them all, and she starts eating people to gain power. Um, and there's a scene where you might remember this scene because it was in this very famous trailer where the trailer, I forgot about this, but the trailer drops for this. And there's a scene where, uh, she, they're driving, they're flying her, this dead mommy home in a plane. And then things start attacking, like crows start attacking the plane. Oh yeah. And then it like, that makes the plane go down. And then the plane is flipping. People are flying all over the place and it's in this trailer, except that they accidentally released the wrong audio track to it where there's no like music or anything. And it's just Tom Cruise just like grunting and like yelling. It's just like, (laughs) like it's dead silent. It's the weirdest thing. And so that was how I first, I guess, remember this film. And so then that scene happened. Um, And then, and then Tom Cruise dies, but then wakes up in a morgue. Spoiler alert. With a toe tag on because he got kind of, uh, uh, you know, the mummy lady is now inside him. And yeah, I think I've seen him. this movie, actually, now that you talk about it. Maybe. But- it was, it made, I, the more things that were happening, it was like, she's trying to release the demon set. So she has to get this dagger, but the dagger doesn't work unless it has this ruby. And then the ruby, if the, I do stab you with this uh, dagger than you become the demon set it was like what is going on that's yeah that's right oh, it was co- it was very complicated there was a just a very confusing life ever after uh summoning demons mm-hmm. that i couldn't wrap my head around but and also tom cruise is like you know 60 years old yeah no he's i don't think he's the and to contrast this with the mummy from the 90s which yeah 90s, 2000s which uh starred you know Brendan Frazier and Rachel Weisz yes um which is very fun and actually probably a you know a, a good example of a a manly movie that's maybe not a manly movie that sort of like does have a bit more of a diversity in what you know a female character can do and how you know he Brendan Fraser's character. Have you ever seen the movie? I have. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, like he saves the day, but he's not like everything. the only one doing every yeah. work. And uh, I, I think also like it is this sort of like mix of the you know he is Brendan Fraser. Then was like a very macho, like attractive. Oh, man. he was Pete like, Fraser. Yeah. Well, actually, no. George of the Jungle. Was yeah, Pete I, was, I think that's probably that, a pretty good, that's Pete Fraser, <laughs> pretty good. But, but um, it definitely wasn't Monkey Bones. Um, but. Uh, I, I I think like the difference between that. Well, I don't know that the mummy from the nineties was referencing the mummy movies that the Tom Cruise one is sort of trying to be. I think we're doing a lot. They're also I think trying to squeeze in a couple different storylines because then Russell Crowe was in it as Doctor Jekyll. Ooh. Long pause. Everyone's like, oh. everyone wants to see that movie. Not yeah, um. really. No, I don't actually. And that was like he does transform, but then he like goes back right away. It's mm-hmm. like well, I don't even know why this doctor ne- needed to be Doctor Jekyll. Uh, well, they were trying to set up their universe, right? Like that. Was I guess all. they were trying to. Set yeah, up the they universe. were. They were trying to marvel it, and uh, I mean that was a strange choice. There was talk. They lo- they they grossed. I think they made it for like 
500 million dollars mm-hmm. and they grossed like under that that's the, well, of course yeah no, like 80 or something that's very sad it was not great um have you uh sean have you seen a little movie called time cop from 94 time cop yeah have you seen this movie no this to me i don't think for a lot of people this this is the case but this is this is what this sounds I, like Loki's this new season of Loki, basically. <laughs> basically, well, not this, um, but <laughs> uh, I do really associate it with sort of peak Jean Claude Van Damme, okay. who plays the time cop, um, and you know he's doing all of his splits and uh, his his karate moves. Is it necessary for a, a time officer to do the splits? Uh, well, uh, what happens, Sean? Is he's fighting a man in his apartment, and he has to electrocute that man to death. Well, and, uh, yes, you do. And the way that you do that is you knock over a lamp or toaster. I can't remember what it was, and then you stretch spill a across bunch of water. to turn water you, on. You spill a bunch of water, but then you got to get out of the way of the water. Right. So he's like very famously. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think in Time Cop, it's it's like. Oh yeah! Here we go! I found a picture of it. He's. He's, he's it's on his cupboard, but he's got to do the. Oh my god! <laughs> he's, he's not necessary naked. to do that. Um, this, the cover of this should have just been um, a clock face, but him doing the splits like <laughs> one one leg on the three and one on the okay, nine. Okay, this is a complete aside, but you've seen the Volkswagen commercial where he does the splits. Yeah, yeah, which is incredible. Like that is amazing. It's horrifying. Um, like it's that's, that's it's like that's, one, uh, you know, one slip foot. You're they, dead. They they had they, they had him. He was safe. It wasn't like if he fell, he would have just fallen upside down. There was a wire in one of his legs that uh, tied him to the truck. I looked it up immediately. I had to know how this was done. Yeah, yeah. You can't damage JCVD. You know, no JCVDs. <laughs> his, his, those splits are insured. He needs to be safe. But um, uh, in Time Cop, it is sort of this like crazy. They do this thing where. To get through time, you have to run or go really fast, a la um, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, like, run into it or jump off a building and, like, go through the time portal. But the thing to get you there initially is, like, a... I don't even know, man. It's like a roller coaster that goes into a brick wall oh. that, that they go through. So there's a lot of, like, gum chewing and, like, you know, like yeah. a lot of manly. But um, yeah. <laughs> a, a, again, we come into an action star that is like a very wiry, thin, hairless man, which I, I feel... With capable of very extreme gymnastics. It's tr- well, very true. But I feel like like there's a line there from the 90s to the current, like... Who's an action star right now? Ryan Reynolds? Like, is that is that who we're... I guess so. I mean, you know, and it's just yeah. it's like, oh, you have to, like, be thin but muscular and, like, hairless and There's able... Body standards for, it's for action stars. And uh, Tom Cruise seems to have a pass with his straight-backed run. And his tooth in the middle of his mouth. That's true. Once you can't... You can't not see that. Once I don't know if listeners it. know this, but Tom Cruise has one front tooth. It's, it's true. square in the middle of his it's mouth. It's insane. And you look it up and you wouldn't think you... You might think you know what his mouth looks yeah, like, but you actually don't. You think you're looking at Photoshop or something, but no, it's real. It's real. Sean, what else did you watch this week? Mm, honestly, not a lot. No? That might, <laughs> <laughs> that's you. That's quite a bit of stuff already. I know, I know. I did watch... Um, I started watching a Netflix series, but I can bring that up in... Oh, in, in, quite, in, a, in a later... In a later. 
Um, but things that I would think that fall under this, like to me, the Anna Jones uh, trilogy. Oh, 100%. That is my, that is my bread and butter yeah. from a cheesemo. Mostly because he is not infallible. He is very good at his job, but he mm-hmm. also he's scared of snakes. Yeah. And that he, bit of fear makes it real. Yeah. And also people uh, get the best of him all the time. Yeah. No. Well, there's the, the whole thing about in the first one, had he not been there, it still would have resolved in the same way that they just might not have found it right like it's right. like like he he didn't change anything to the yeah it was like thanks for yeah. getting in Wh- there first but. which is a very james bondian sort of thing cuz uh i will as i've said i have stalled out i have been watching all the james bond movies mm. and like in a few of it's the a big undertaking well yeah it's true in a few of the better ones quote unquote better ones he really just is hanging around like, he's just sneaking from room to room as we see other people do stuff. That's the, the the Nancy Drew thing. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's, I used to read a lot of the same characters. I used to read a lot of Nancy Drew when I was a kid, and everyone thinks she solves those crimes, but she actually doesn't. She just, at the end, she gets hit on the head, and then someone <laughs> confesses to her, and then she escapes. Thanks, Nancy. She never figures it out. Um, I did watch the first Fast and Furious movie this week because I feel like when you were, well, do you remember when Tokyo Drift came out? Did everybody freak out? Um, Do you I remember don't know if we freaked out, but we were confused. The people were confused because it was not the same. But it was all people could talk about for years. Yeah. Like, it was like the biggest movie that was really not good. Oh, was and just to never... this day, if, I, if somebody spins out on ice or something, I just mutter Tokyo Drift under my breath. Mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs> 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 it's probably very annoying, and it's a twelve-year-old joke at this point. But wow, okay, I yeah. didn't know you did that. I just, I like the first one, which I watched, is pretty good, and it is like a lot more toned down than the a lot of the newer ones, which I, I at this point refuse to watch. But I don't know, oh. I don't know why Tokyo Drift was this moment for so many people. No, the last one I watched has a submarine and a nuke and a frozen lake, yeah, and like, uh, computer codes. Uh, it is. It's way too much. These, yeah, these are not the people who are just running away from police. <laughs> like no, the... these people are are like superheroes. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, let's wrap up our manly talk until we can get Sonya in here to really give us what for. Yeah. Yeah. The real part. Good, good talk, bro. The old ball and chain gets back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, Sean. <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, anyway, Sean, what you watching? What did you um, watch this week? So I watched a series um, on BBC Three called My Left Nut. Um, and it was a three-part series about a teen boy who it's like a coming-of-age tale. But then he also discovers he has a massive growth on one of his testicles. And it's kind of his vibe of being like, how awkward it is and also being like should i deal with this and then but also his dad a couple years ago had passed of uh, a cancer Mm -hmm. and so then he also him and his mom are both secretly very freaked out as well as trying to make it just kind of normal (laughs) and also like funny and uh and it was like really good and i i was affected because during covid i thought i was going to die like 12 different times Mm -hmm. because i'd be like oh it's a heart attack i have cancer this time Mm -hmm. i'm a bit of a hypochondriac it's, it doesn't make it. It's no no problem. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting I'm help. dealing with it. I'm it's dealing okay. with it. Um, but I I don't know. I really it was like fun and also like uh, you know 
heartwarming, and I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, and also, as an aside, I'm starting to watch this series called Only Murders in the Building, oh. which is about um, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez oh, all live in this good? apartment building. I'm having a great time. Oh, wow. I and they just watch, they, they all live in the same apartment building as a murder. And then the three of unlikely characters all get together and s- try solving the murder. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty great. Nice. And okay. it's funny. And Tina Fey plays this sort of um, crime podcaster, like <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> ethereal, ridiculous crime podcaster awesome. that they try to get advice from. And she's <laughs> she's crazy. Cool. Um, I have been in a, in a Dune mood lately, uh, as as the new film is Dune is mood. Du- Dune mood uh, is is due to come out October one. Yeah, um, and I'm going to see that right away. Oh, I'll be um, there. We should I'll do. There we should you. do. We should do a Dune show. Um, but uh, we should do a Dune show. Yeah, I also was finally able to conclude the book, the the tome. That has taken me. You forever. went to the text. Yes. There's a lot forever to get through. for like like a literal decade to actually manage to read this book. Okay, because um, my friend of the show, Christine Zoltzman, has. I thought it was one book, but she has seemingly ten books. It's there's uh, there's a lot of books. A lot are written by uh, his son Brian Frank Herbert's son Brian Herbert. I think Hebert Herbert. Anyway, oh. Herbert. Yeah, uh, but. Um, the the movie the movies are sort of centered on like the first the first collection the first novel which I think they kind of call two books and I'm not 100 percent sure but uh, okay. uh, anyway um, it brought me of course to the documentary which is Yawardorsky's Yaur- Dune uh, uh-huh. anyway um, uh, the best movie never made. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this documentary. So uh, he got the rights to make Dune and he started making it and bringing all these artists and people together. And they made these very like intricate storyboards because he knew it was going to be hard to communicate. the. And then he altered the story in a few places. And really, um, it would have been this like very incredible film. And the reason that everyone sort of like points it out as this big moment is because um, it would have beaten Star Wars to sort of like establishing what sci-fi would have looked like. Oh. And it was much more spiritual and sort of like about human consciousness and, you know, all these different sort of ideas that really are not present in a lot of things now yeah. these days. Um, what happened? I guess uh, I have to watch. Uh, uh, what did... Uh, no one would make it. Like they made... It's sort of like this, like humongous book that has all of these different illustrations and storyboards and the whole script and everything, and none of the studios would make it. And then ultimately, whoever they licensed it with went with David Lynch to rework it, and that's what became that oh. one. And um, he thinks it's much worse, which I think is funny, but um, uh, it is like it is a very different so thing. People do say it is the worst, right? Yeah, Dune is maybe not a good movie. The 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 David Lynch one, I still like it a lot. Okay, I do, okay. I do like it. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep watching Dune stuff until October one, when I can hopefully get to the IMAX. Oh, Question mark? you're going to see that sand snake fall right into your oh, lap. Oh man, Whew. I wanna, yeah, I is that what they're called? Uh, it's a, or it's, is a, it? it's a worm. It's, it's oh, a okay, worm. It's a sand snake is a Game of Thrones person. I think. <laughs> Uh, did you watch anything else this week? Um, no, not really. No. I have 
a lot of good things got added to the the sites this week that I'm yeah. interested. Um, the first episode of Reservation Dogs is on Disney Plus. I yeah. would like to see that. I got to check that out. Um, and also the second season of uh, the other two was just added to Crave, and I love that show. Mm. Um, have you already heard of it? No. It is about um, a so there's a boy that he's like 14 and he gets a he becomes like a Justin Bieber like he puts a a video on the internet he becomes extremely famous pop star Mm -hmm. like overnight and his two um his brother older brother and sister have been trying to make it in the biz for like 10 years and they get kind of swept along with his fame and they're both kind of terrible people but they like uh just you know try to take advantage of his fame kind of (laughs) and molly shannon is his like midwest mom that's like along for the ride and it's like it's pretty great cool and so yeah the first season was amazing and then so the second season i've been waiting with bated breath so that i'm excited about i'll have to check that out uh we uh child the show and i finally watched raya and the last dragon oh and we just sort of threw it on because it's um it's actually very good it's very fun she rides around on this weird armadillo guy isn't it not a dragon uh, no, there's a, a dragon play by Aquafina, which comes in later. Oh, um, and it is—it's really fun. It's funny. It's a kung fu movie, which I thought was kind of crazy because it's just a straight up, like old style kung fu movie, but oh. for children. Anyway, uh, it's good, and you should check it out. That's anyway, fun. guys, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout out to the Garys for these for the for the use. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> a shout out to it. the Garys. For the use of our theme song, Manituna. There we go. I got it out. My co-host, Sean and Sonia, who couldn't be here today. Everyone at CJTR and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My electric is coming up uh, next. Whoa. See you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs)